0: Uh, okay, welcome to the very first episode of the Rugby League Outsiders podcast. Uh, my name's Craig Williams.
1: Uh my name's Kyle Walker.
0: And uh, in this episode, we want to introduce ourselves because, you know, you may have listened to a couple of our interviews at other uh, our podcasts, but then actually not know a great deal about us and our history with the game. You know, why why we, we do this podcast and, and actually what we're looking to achieve as well. So um, that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to do it in a format where... I'll interview Carl, Carl will interview me and then uh, see where we end up at the end. So, are you up for that?
1: Yeah, go on. I'll go first then. Go on.
0: (laughs) What, what, you asking questions? I'll
1: I'll ask you a few questions first. Obviously, we've known each other. We've only really known each other a couple of years, haven't we? Um, Both moved down to the the region from up north. Um, So, I just want to ask you about your actual rugby league background. How long have you actually been playing? Who have you played for? Where have you played? That's the sort of thing I want to know. I'm sure our viewers will as well.
0: Yeah, so um I was I was a little bit late coming to the game. I, I remember my mum always tells a story. It was like six year old. My older brother was seven, and my my stepdad was massive, you know, um into both codes. He played both codes, and he actually played a really good standard as well. And um he we used to go and watch him as little toddlers. Well, we didn't, we didn't watch him. He was playing and we'd be playing in the car park or whatever. Anyway they decided we should give it a go. So we went to the local rugby union club, Halifax Vandals. And, um, and my mum, t- I don't remember it. My brother remembers it because he fell down these concrete steps, hurt himself, like would never, ever, had anything to do with sport ever again after that. I remember, uh, oh, my mum says, I just stood on the corner of the pitch crying in the freezing cold <laughs> of wind and rain. Um, and then I remember like a big, massive communal hot bath you remember the old hot baths that you used to have at you know. And I, yeah. I remember this thing, like I, get, I got in it and I don't, it was like my freaking skin was just melting off because it was that hot, you know? And I was like, what the what the fuck is this thing we call rugby? And it, it put me off and it put me off for a long time. Um, and I, I did a bit of running as a kid. I did a few other bits of sports and all that kind of stuff, but it didn't, I, I started getting interested in it about 12, 13 and and i think i was just i think i was just it sounds weird but i just felt ready to kind of do something a bit more a bit violent you know what yeah. i mean a bit um like i done like i said lots of running lots of cross country and all that but i just i kind of i wanted like the contact and uh, and i remember having a conversation with my, my my stepdad sort of saying oh i'm thinking of playing rugby um but i don't know whether to play union or play a league uh and he says well you know what what's what's the pros and cons he asks a few questions around it and i says well i'm thinking union because like the rooks and the marlin that that might be a bit more physical than the league and i mean, well you know don't don't be so sure anyway he took me to uh um a local club Ovenden was quite a you know well known club in the in the amateur uh, in the I amateur it, sort of things yeah um weather. and i had a, a season there it was like a under 14s and you know, I didn't really, I was like a fringe player, um, just about getting on the pitch for the last ten minutes. You know, I really didn't do a great deal, and there were some great players in that team. Um, then I moved to a local club Elland, and um, Elland Boxers. Yeah, Elland Boxers, yeah. and and I kind of started finding my feet, and I started doing all right. I started playing at school as well, and um, and and I and I just, I think I don't think I was particularly skillful. I was just an eye grafter. You know, I just worked hard. And eventually, I went for um, a a trial and ended up playing at Huddersfield Academy. So I did a a couple of seasons at Huddersfield Academy as like an emerging academy team at Huddersfield. Um, As Super League was just about to start, and then as sort of Super League kicked in, um, Huddersfield did a big move to the, what was then the McAlpine Stadium. And, you know, a lot of the academy lads started going off and doing other things because they didn't get picked up with pro contracts and all that and uh, and I went and joined the marines joined the marines for the first um, three years the marines I was playing rugby league every every couple of weeks Uh, it was just getting started in the marines and you know I I was played and then eventually I had an officer at the time who was like look we're not, we need to write reports on you for a promotion and that kind of stuff, but we never see you. You're always playing sport. So I, I had to stop playing rugby league. Um, and then I joined the boxing squad. So I was doing that all the time. Uh, I had a bit of a break. I had about a four or five year break from rugby league where, you know, all of a sudden it was like um, Kosovo was kicking off, then um, eventually Iraq, Afghanistan, and all that kind of stuff. And I did like, loads of operations. And then eventually I got a a draft to Somerset and Somerset had just started a team Somerset Vikings yeah so I started playing again in, in, in Somerset and um, I was I was really shocked as well as as well as you know the Royal Marines team and I was I was really shocked like at the standard of it you know I, I just I thought it, it was a great great it was mostly Marines that was playing in the team but it was a great standard and then so I played there for a, a few seasons and um, and then then I moved up to Lincolnshire. I left the Marines, moved up to Lincolnshire, and there was no real team around me. So again, I had a break again for another few years. After about three or four years, moved here to uh, to Bridge North in Shropshire. Of course, Telford was the local team. And um, I went along, you know, started playing touch rugby there and then started playing at Telford Raiders. I'd had a couple of years and, you know, in the blink of an eye, suddenly I'm, I'm 45 you know and i'm i'm get that's me I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm almost done i'm not you know i could i'm pretty sure that
1: now we're going on I, this I, new adventure <laughs> yeah we're on this
0: new podcasting adventure so that's that's it for rugby league i mean um can i d- just touch on the, the the
1: marine side of the rugby league because uh, someone who's never been involved in any, any armed forces like myself what what does that look like is, it, is there a, an inter tournament or
0: yeah yeah so how does it work yeah similar to like representative rugby, you know, you, 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 you've you got like your unit side. Yeah. So that'll be, you know, if you've got a unit where you've got 700 lads based, between five and 700 guys, they'll have a, a unit side. If you play well for your unit side, then you can go and play for the core side, which yeah. is to the, to the Royal Marines. Um, then potentially as the Royal Marines are part of the Navy, you can then go and play for the Navy side. And then there's also you know, the Army, RAF, Navy will play each other as well, you know, so there'll be that inter-service competition. And then if you do all right there, then you can go and play combined services. So British Armed Forces might play Australian Armed Forces, or you might play Great Britain Police or, you know, something like that. So there's loads of opportunities to think. My ceiling was Navy. I played a couple of Navy games and then I had to, you know, then I was on operations and, and, you know, soldiering and, Stuff I joined the Marines for really, but um, so yeah, uh, and 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 it's it's actually it's it's quite an experience because uh, if you can get the time off, usually what would happen is you'd have you'd have like a training camp for a week, and then you know in the in the run up for a game, you know, yeah. so you're almost like a a pro athlete for a for a week, and then you you know you play at the end, um, so yeah, and 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 rugby league when I when it first started when I joined you know it was just a fledgling sport there weren't many people playing it um, all the things that we talk about you know with union players a little bit reluctant to play a league and you know sometimes you get the old dinosaurs that just won't entertain it, it there was a lot of that as well um, so you know definitely had to break down a few barriers um, but yeah I don't know if that yeah, that's... Describes it. Yeah. But but nowadays, it's it's really hotly contended. Every year we used to have a game, so the Royal Marines and the Paras, uh, lots of rivalry, you know, for years and years. And the, the Marines-Paras match every year now is, is an absolute, you know, spectacular. It's great great to watch, like.
1: Is it a bit old school? Is it still biff off?
0: Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> a little bit biff off, but, you know, they have great players. They've got a lot of Fijian guys that come in and just, you know... Fast, hard hitting, great players. Um, they're all fit, you know. They, they recruit from some of the tough communities around the, the country, as do the Marines. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you end up with a lot of Northerners that have grown up playing league. So it's always a great match. Always a great match. So um, yeah, and there's a few digs in there.
1: <laughs> do you still? Uh, do you still um, watch out for the results, or is it another? Uh... They're usually in the Challenge Cup first round, is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the Navy, the Navy. I don't, yeah. I don't think the Marines are playing Challenge Cup. But, um, yeah, I do. I do sort of keep an eye out, you know, and I've still got some mates that are not necessarily playing, but are still involved, whether it's coaching, you know, administration, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff. So I do keep an eye out and and what have you. Um, yeah, I loved it. I loved I loved playing, playing rugby in the forces. It was one of those things where when I first joined the forces, there wasn't a great deal going on, you know, war operations, that kind of stuff. And, and it, and it was great times because you went traveling all over the world, doing exercises and training and what have you, or played lots of sport, you know, and and I was, I was lucky enough to do that for a a good few years. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it. Uh, Right. So over to you. I mean, there's a lot of similarities in your background to mine. You know, you brought up in Bradford, I was brought up in Halifax, uh, both relocated to the Midlands. Yeah. So I think it'd be quite interesting, like, like you did with me. So just talk to me about how you got started, what attracted to you to the game, and then and then work through the timeline to actually arriving in the Midlands. And, and then I've got another question for you once you get to the Midlands. Yeah, so... Yeah.
1: I started playing rugby rugby league at a really young age. Um, I think I started at six or seven-year-old. Uh, I don't think it was out of choice. I think my dad decided that's what really? I was doing, and he, yeah. uh, he took me down. I've never really had any interest in football or anything like that. I've, I've always just been rugby league, rugby league. It's um, Grew up in Bradford, like you say, so it's it's part of your DNA, really. Um, I remember my dad taking me down to Oddsall Stadium. I uh, used to go watch... Bradford Northern as it was then, absolutely freezing, stood on them cold terraces in what could only be described as the strangest climates in the country. Um, Yeah, stood on a box as a a young lad um, watching Bradford, but absolutely loved it despite the the weather conditions. Um, And then my dad took me down to a a local side called Whipsy Junior as it was then, I don't think they'd they'd only been going a year. Um, My dad got involved with the coaching um, and I, I yeah, started playing then at about 7 or 8 year old um, I, like I say my dad went through his coaching badges he eventually became the coach of our team so I, I grew up basically playing for my dad's team which was a little bit difficult in itself because you, you don't want to feel like you've been picked as part of the team because you're the coach's son so yeah. you, you, you do have to you hold your own weight really um, I played a year above my age because at the time that we started the team, we didn't have enough players at my age, they were all a year older than me, so i I played a year above my age through through most of my junior career um, and Whipsy Warriors developed as, as a, a as a club and it eventually went on to our sort of ten twelve junior teams and it eventually went right up to open age, which is how I played um I did play some representative rugby, so it was like the Bradford Bulls academy as it was then but it was called i think it was called like the bradford schools or something like that so yeah. I, I played representative rugby for them while i was playing for whipsy I was also doing a bit of cricket and stuff in between as well i think my, when i'm you know about 12 years old i think i was playing sport nearly every day of the week so i went on to play play for bradford played in for whipsy played a bit for west yorkshire as well um yeah, and that was it, really. So oh, I, I was a, a one club man basically. I, I, I never really wanted to play for other clubs. There were I had friends at school who played for the, my local rivals. Um, you know, a few lads played for Dudley Hill, and we didn't like each other. <laughs> we were Whipsy and Dudley Hill, we never liked each other. Uh, they were always the the big boys of the of the, of the city, uh, Dudley Hill and West Bowling. With I know, remember the,
0: playing West Bowling. Yeah, yeah they were the they
1: thing. were the two big clubs. were in, South
0: Bradford as well was that a team as well? South Bradford, I or? think so, one
1: time, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Dudley Hill and West Bowling were the two big teams in Bradford and, and Whipsy was like an emerging team you know, and eventually we did go on to to, to start beating them. So uh, I've, yeah, I've got a lot of fond memories. We used to play against Keith Le Cougars. they had their junior set up, we used to have some real battles with them. Um, my other memories of really playing were as well as at the Bradford schools. We used to get sent away to, I think it was a boarding school. I can't, I can't remember exactly where it was. I think it was somewhere over York. It was some sort of boarding school run by monks, <laughs> uh, and we and we we used to go there for like a training camp. For, we'd spend a, a long weekend there or a, a week there, and it, it was just it was just absolute mischief to be honest with you. But I, I got really fond memories of that played playing games up you know up in Gateshead on a Wednesday night when you've got school the next morning. It was, you know, some yeah some crazy times. But yeah so that was that was my junior career played for Whipsy. Um, at the time we never had an open age team so I dabbled in in, in rugby union. I played a bit of rugby union with Whipsy Rugby Union. They sort of merged with Whipsy Rugby League. We all played out of the same club and then I met my lovely wife on holiday and eventually moved down here. I didn't play any rugby for a few years. Um then decided I started playing a bit of rugby union down at Dudley Kingswinford. Didn't really take to it that way. I, I, I was alright, but it wasn't it, it wasn't my game. It wasn't I didn't you know, I didn't fit in with it right well. I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't built like a rugby union player, it just it wanted me so uh, started looking around for a rugby league team. Realised it was a team in Wolverhampton. Went to play for Wolverhampton. Played there for a couple of years. We did actually play against Telford. Um, I can remember Fred and Alex being the coaches. Well, while, while we we, uh, we played against, them. I remember we had a few battles there. Um, and Wolverhampton sort of disbanded. It sort of the, the you know it just eventually it, it, it was it was a lot of rugby union players that we just kind of used to ring up on a, it was yeah. literally a case yeah. of oh, who, who, you, who you playing today yeah, bring, or, get on f- phones get somebody in it, it was that sort of a club and then I admired Telford because it seemed like a really good setup. like first time I spoke to Fred I thought ah, right okay I might have to travel a bit further to go play for Telford but it, it's, a, it's a proper club that you know they were they were up there winning the Midlands League so uh, went to play for Telford I think it was 2013 or something like I think that in the first year there was me and a, another fellow northern who'd moved to the area called uh, Stay Taylor. Uh, he came over to Telford with me as well, and sort of our first year was absolutely fantastic. We, that was the year we we won the league over at, over at Coventry. the Infamous Battle of Coventry, as it as it was absolutely umdinger was it- of a, umdinger of a game that was. If you <laughs> If you, you can watch it back on YouTube, it's been heavily edited to remove <laughs> a lot of the fighting. Uh so yeah, we, we we won the won the league with Telford, went on to play in the Harry Jepsen Cup, which are, they're my fondest memories of playing down here. Um went and played Gloucester in the quarterfinals, we got to the semi-finals and we played Gateshead in the semi-final up in Wakefield, I think it was I think it was awesome or somewhere we, we ended up playing that. Um, but by that point, we were we, we were broken bodies. We yeah. we just about patched a, a team together. I don't think there were I think half the team was injured that, that game. We, we we took a bit of a hiding. Um, yeah, but that, playing in the Midlands—that's probably one of my fondest memories. That and 2017 when we, we beat Sherwood in the in the grand final as well. Um, the thing I remember that about the Harry Jepson Cup. I don't know if it registered with all of the lads because whoever won the Harry Jepson Cup was going to be in the first round of the Challenge Cup <laughs> and that's, that's what I was telling myself. You're two games away from playing in the first round of a Challenge Cup and if they do bring that back this year I think that will be a, a, a big... A big draw. A big draw for people, yeah. Um, yeah, so I played for Telford for around 10 years or something like that. I've been broken for the last couple of years. I'm sort of coming to end of my playing days, it takes me two weeks to recover. I feel like I can still play to a decent standard, but it, my recovery time now is just, yeah, it takes forever. Can't walk at work. And I think, I think Kelly, bless has just uh, fed up of seeing me getting knocked out and having <laughs> to cart me home from being uh, shipped off in an ambulance. So, yeah, so now we're, we're at this stage now where I'm I'm focusing on the media side and, Try to promote Telford and, and and obviously we've we've gone on this new venture. See where this will this will take us.
0: Yeah, it's quite exciting. I mean, it was just. I mean, to be honest, it was a bit of a flash thing, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. okay, well, maybe we could give this a go. And, and within within a week, the social media profiles were set up. We'd organised a date. We'd organised a couple of guests. We had a rough idea of what we we're gonna do. you would banged out a logo, very very similar to Bradford but I'll let it go, you know, I'll let it, I'll let it go. But, um, it, and I think if we can just, if we can carry this momentum on and do half of the ideas that we've got, you know, it, it can only benefit us and, and yeah. the wider game in, in, the, in the Midlands. So it's probably a great point to talk about, like, the aims of this podcast. Like, if we used to fast forward 12 months, let's say, you know, you and I met for a pint in 12 months' time. How would you know that this has been a success? Like, what would have had to happen?
1: I'd just like to think that within the Midlands area, that people know who we are, and and almost it, try and get it to a, a, a level where people want to be mentioned on this podcast. They want to come on the show and and be guests of ours. That 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 would be, you know, we can. Can aim even higher than that, but that for me, that is that's that's what I want to do. I want I want the, this podcast to become a, a name within the Midlands uh, and, and really help drive the game forward and, and and help grow the game and new emerging clubs coming through help promote them. That that's that's the aim for me, really. What's so yourself?
0: I think just having it as part of general conversation. On you know you're on a touchline somewhere, a Midlands game. And someone goes, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I was listening on the, um, you know, on the, on, on the Outsiders podcast, and they mentioned you did it. And, and and just for it to be just part of general conversation, I yeah. think people are listening to it. People are getting value from it, you know. Uh, and, and that's, you know, we, we could look at figures and stats and how many people are sharing on social media and all that kind of stuff. But I think that that'll be the moment I go, you know what? we're doing all right yeah, here we're and we're on the right, right track yeah, yeah yeah um so no so just kind of looking forward then um we'll keep this episode quite short you know talking about us and, and getting to the great guests break the microphone um if there's people listening to this first one what what would you encourage them to do like what can other people do to to not only drive the podcast forward and and, and get involved but also elevate elevate the profile of a rugby league in the Midlands.
1: I think the social media side of it's really important these days. Um, I, th- I think, like you mentioned before, about sort of newspapers back in our day. You know, when we were playing, if you, if you were in the newspaper, that was that was a big deal, wasn't it? But for now social media, TikTok, Facebook. I, I, I'd like the clubs to get involved with it. Um, get involved be looking to come on here um sharing it amongst themselves we need to make it like a real community project that that's that's my idea and that's what that's what i want people to start doing really
0: yeah and just some of the practicalities obviously we're, we're based in well this studio is based in bridge north it's just the, like corner of my office at home But all this kit that you see on the cameras and and the stuff that we're using is pretty mobile, you know. Yeah. um, If there are clubs out there, you know, a little bit further afield or can't travel or whatever, you know, we're more than more than happy for one of us or both of us to go across and and to you know to to record a podcast there and perhaps get a player do an episode with a player at a club, a coach at a club, a parent at a club. You know what I mean? Whatever, and and. you know,
1: yeah, we can do pre-game interviews and, uh, and things like that. Um, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to. You know, if we've got a big game going on in the Midlands, I'd like to promote it. We could even have rival players on on, on the podcast to, you know, <laughs> to <laughs> promote to promote the game. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's got to be positive, but uh, yeah, I think uh, a bit of local rivalry in there uh, get get people involved, get people listening. That's what I want to see happen, really.
0: Yeah, for me I, I want to I think stories are really important. I think there's a whole load of great stories out there. Um and, you know, and people love people love stories and love hearing about stories and I think, you know, we've had a couple of conversations with people and you know, asking them about Midlands Rugby League and and they've shared stuff with us already and we're like, "I never knew that happened." Yeah. You know what I mean? How how amazing's that and um and some stuff's quite humbling as well. So and uh you know I'd encourage people to share the stories with us and then and then the other thing is i think we need you know we need feedback you know they, they say in sport that um feedback is the breakfast of champions and you know we want to make this a, a champion podcast you know a champion platform to to promote everything that that happens in the midlands regarding rugby league and uh we can only get that right with feedback so you know we yeah, need absolutely. comments we need Email sent in. You know, we've got we've both got broad shoulders. If you've got ash, as long as it's constructive, we'll, we'll take it. You know, we might not. We might not yeah,
1: on people. There. Yeah, it's these two bloody northerners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but you know, bit of feedback, bit of a bit of guidance. You know, just tell us what worked well, what didn't work so good. You know, if whether it's technical, you don't like the lighting. Whatever it is, I don't, you know, I don't care. But I know if we get feedback, we can make this something that people look forward to listening to. And, and um... Yeah, I, the, th-
1: the thing is as well, I, I think I, I'm looking forward to 2023 in Midlands rugby. I think there's a lot to be positive about, to be honest with you. Rugby League World Cup was absolutely fantastic. I think numbers of people playing the sport in this, these regions are going to be bigger this year than they've been for a long time. No, uh, COVID certainly didn't help. What are,
0: you, what are you basing that on? Just just my gut feeling. <laughs> that, just
1: my gut, <laughs> yeah, no. honest gut feeling. I, 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 I look around at the other clubs and what they've started doing to promote themselves for, from the last couple of months and already I, I get the feeling it's going to be a, a decent year. Like I say, the Harry Jepsen tournament coming back at the end of the year, that, that'll be massive for us. Um, and then obviously Midlands Hurricanes, it, it's... The, the, the region's now got a, a proper team that we can get behind.
0: Uh, well, and as well as, uh, you, when I asked you that question, it was loaded, because I completely agree. You know, yeah. I just wondered what you were yeah, basing yeah, yeah. it on. And I'm, I, I agree with you, from, you know, just setting up the social media profiles for this podcast, I'm sort of, I've had to dig into other teams, you know what I mean, follow their profiles yeah. and all that. And it's like, there's some great stuff going on. You know, the, the women's and girls game, the wheelchair game, you know, there is a lot going on and I will, a bit of a call to, to arms for any club or any player or fan out there. You might sit there and think, oh, we've just had a new signing. Oh no, but nobody will be interested in that. We are interested yeah, in it. Absolutely. You know, and people that listen to this podcast are interested in it. So share it, you know, just to share the news, get it and on your own platforms. We'll retweet it, you know, tag us in stuff and we'll, we'll share it as well. And, um, you know, it, it all starts there. And, and you're right in what you're saying I tuned into the local news last night and all of a sudden there's a, there's a rugby league team like promoting themselves on yeah. the news and I just couldn't ever imagine that happening before well we, we have had haven't we we had the we had the
1: Coventry Bears before who were uh, Midlands Hurricanes have uh, I don't know how it's come about to me so I don't know if they've taken over the franchise or what, if it's just a, a brand new team but either way Midlands Hurricanes mm. a brand new team um and when when it was Coventry bears it didn 't really feel like the whole area could get behind them because it was coventry right I, I, I that may sound wrong, but from that from me, I used to play for Telford against Coventry Bears, so then to support Coventry Bears as my local team, it never felt quite right, but with the Midlands hurricanes, I feel like it's a you know it's a tree and it goes up and, we, and all the local teams in the area I think can get behind them and not only that they've got the what the best facilities they've got better facilities than any of the Super League teams, aren't they? Really, you know, yeah. playing at the Commonwealth Games Stadium this year. So that that that's what I mean when I say I'm, I'm positive about the sport at the minute in this region is because of things like that. I think the the um, at ground level the amateur clubs are. Are growing and getting stronger, we're doing things that the northern clubs might not necessarily be doing um there's a lot of people working hard to to promote the game around here and then like saying then now we've got a, a semi pro team that we can get behind as well so that's yeah i'm pretty pretty positive at the minute
0: yeah so um in the next couple of weeks, what can you know just in your i know we've got' <laughs> we got we haven't got a load. In concrete, you know, settled down. But what can people? Well, why should people tune in next week? Well, uh, and, and the week after,
1: they should tune in because we're gonna we're gonna have some fantastic guests. I think. I mean, we haven't got anything nailed down yet, but just speaking to Fred tonight, this you know, this like you said, the stories out already out there, and we just we need to tap into that uh, to help promote the game. I think, like I say, if we've got local rivalries going on. We're going to push that up. It'll be bigger than State of Origin, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be versus the nothing Nottingham, Nottingham balls, or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the idea of the podcast, and that's that's what I hope to do.
0: Um, just talking about the difference you've made. So obviously, you know, we're, we're both connected to Telford Raiders. Um, and, and this really came about because... Like I, I noticed a change in Telford's social media. Yeah, you've 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 done that. You've you've driven, drove, whatever the word yeah. is. You, you you've sort of pushed that forward. Um, just talk to me about that. Like, how did you get involved? What's what's your kind of strategy? What what's your aim from it? And you know, and, and have you got stuff that would benefit other clubs? Well. With the social media side of it,
1: I, I, when I started, I thought, right, how, how can, we, how can I mean, we? Have you
0: got a social media background?
1: Yeah, uh, I had a printing, graphic design, graphic
0: design, but, but it's, no, not
1: social media. It's not social media. So, but... so
0: that tells me that like, like anybody can. Anybody can do similar. Any, but...
1: Anybody can, yeah. You, you, you might not have the the design talents, but anybody can push content out there, can't they? Yeah. Um, so no, and then I'm not necessarily got a. Social media background, although I did do it for my business. So I had a printing business, which is the sort of thing I was doing. But when when I started, uh, I sort of made a, a pitch to Fred. I said, "Look, Fred, this is what I want to do. I want, I want to, you know, start again with Telford's Media, and and I want to almost promote us like we're a professional club. And I think it's worked. Oh well, the proof will be in the pudding when it comes Come the season when we see how many players we you know we got turning out for us at, at, at all levels, junior right to the seniors. Um, well, I I think if you you treat yourself like a professional club, then people want to get involved and they'll want to come and play for you and they'll you know they'll want their name out on on your platform and it's yeah I think it's you know it's it's an important thing to do and and. Without, I'm bigging myself up, but I think it's it's given the other guys at the club a bit of a boost as well. Like you know, other people like Fred and who, who were involved in the club of said, we're going again here. We, we you know we, we we're growing and and that's how this podcast came about. It's 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 little things and more and more people get involved and then. People come on the committee and they have their ideas and, 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 it, and it snowballs, really.
0: Yeah, it, it became, it was quite obvious for me, you know, I, suddenly I could see a campaign. It was a campaign in the run-up to the start of the new season. You know, it, yeah. it was obvious we were signing new players. And I think I think for me, one of the big issues about playing outside a rugby league, let's call it, so whether it's in, in the past in the South West or in, in the Midlands, is that one of the weaknesses for a player is you don't really know if that game's going out at the weekend. Yes. You know, because either you might not get a team or the opposition might not get a team and it might get called off the night before, you know, and that is, that is no way to retain players. So all of a sudden, what I started seeing was like, bang, another signing, bang, another signing. This looks like stability. It looks, it looks like growth. You know, and if if these guys are committing, fucking hell, at the ripe old age of 45, 46, whatever I am, maybe I can go around again. Is,
1: is, this a, is that an exclusive? You <laughs> no, there? it's not an exclusive. <laughs> but I'm just
0: I, like, know,
1: I know Phil will be watching, so... <laughs> but, you know...
0: Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. All of a sudden, you're right, in, in that we've suddenly there's a platform there for for players to, to give them a bit of exposure. You know, like you said, to... to you get very little, and you, know, you love you love your games. And if you get to the final, that's amazing. But other than that, you know, you get very little recognition in amateur sport. You know, yeah. it used to be. We spoke about it a few times. You got your name in the paper back in the day, and it was amazing. You cut it out, put it in your scrapbook, and you kept it for the rest of your life.
1: I, I've still got mine. Have you? I've still I've still got newspapers with my photograph in it.
0: Have you? Yeah. So yeah, so I the the but other th- my point was sorry. My point is, kids don't do that now, do they? No. It's it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's on TikTok. You know,
1: it's it's all about the likes, and it. Yeah. And the, the, yeah. The, you know, I think younger people, you know, <laughs> younger than average, they like to have that profile online, don't they? So if they're playing a sport like rugby league, and I think it's it's our job to promote them people online, really. Uh, and the other thing I. would I'd say is that it's not something we really think about, but there's untapped talent in the Midlands. Mm. I, I know of players who play for Telford, and you know we've we've, we've both played at other clubs. I, I, I I'm pretty sure they they they're sort of the talent of the future, really, and I I think they could become a bigger name in a Super League, a uh, you know championship club, or I mean, even if it's just semi professional there are the, the players are out there in a, a lot of the the Midlands clubs, but unless they're given the exposure from people like us, that I don't think they're necessarily going to get spotted. So I think it's it's up to us as Midlands clubs to really promote ourselves the best we can to you know to to get these people seen because you know there may be somebody there that's that's gone under the radar. Uh, oh, there's got to be, yeah. I, well, yeah, I, I I strongly believe there are there, there are players out there that um, if some of these you know championship Super League clubs came looking at them, I think they would they would realise and they'll be they'll be tapping them up definitely.
0: So, what about like the actual nuts and bolts? We you know we spoke a little bit about little sections we might have each week in the podcast. Um, we're going to do like a prediction. We would not be able to do a a sport podcast without doing like Super League prediction yeah. every week, you know, and just you'll just get to see how terrible I am at that. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Well, I just I pick I pick teams with my heart, you know, and yeah. then uh, not necessarily my brain. But what other what other stuff? Just you in your spot innit? it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? We'll just see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at the minute things are a little bit fluid we don't really know what what sections <laughs> we're going to have and you know what what no, questions we're going to ask and all that um I, I i i think once we start getting guests on the show
1: it will start to develop a world of its own and it, it will <laughs> we'll see where it goes from there i would have thought i mean like you know i'm hoping that every person we bring on here taps us into a you know into a different area or you know, somewhere else we can go with it or uh, that, that's, that's the hope anyway so. yeah or
0: people get in touch and say oh have you ever thought about doing you know an example I had let's say someone had a horrific injury have you ever thought about doing you know first care on, on the pitch side or something like that if someone gets in touch with a particular theme with a story to to share about it
1: yeah and no, I I think um, we talked about we've talked a little bit about the mental health side of of it before as well I think that's something we can potentially look at this year I, th- I what I would like to see the Midlands League doing as well you know, I, I th- the, the clubs would have to get together to do something like this but the, each I think they should have a couple of themed rounds within the season so you know one one round is the the mental health round or something like that or or one of the rounds is uh the 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 heritage round you know where, oh, that's a good idea, where yeah. the, it it's it's stuff that's been done before, but it's not been done at local level before, so you know why why can't we why can't we do something like that mm. Th- those little ideas can could really grow or you know one round we would we're focusing on a um, a charity or something like that uh, you know like motor neuron disease has been big isn't it in um, yeah. in, the, in the rugby league world you know do we, do we, do all the clubs get involved uh, in a charity for one week to help promote something it's stuff like that with just small ideas and we and we, we see where it goes and you know it can develop really
0: brilliant okay so um any any if you you could just to finish this like anybody in the world if you get one person on this podcast right don't matter who who, whatever level whatever you know even if they fucking died I don't care who would it be? (laughs)
1: Okay I'll ask you that question (laughs) who who would you have
0: on? You can't you can't ask me the same question I've asked you Uh, who would I have in connecting with rugby league? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a harder question than you think that isn't it?
0: yeah do you know i'd, I'd love to, to speak to um Sonny bill williams i'd love yeah i'd love to speak to you know incredible athlete dominated multiple sports you know played for his country in different sport boxed for his country you know all that kind of stuff and and just the insight. It can't all just be the fact he was gifted with a lot of genetics. There's got to be other stuff there that which I think would just be fascinating to to hear about. Like I think that'd be a, that'd be an interesting yeah, that'd be, podcast. A, that'd
1: be a top guest that would want it. I, mm. I'd like to tap into somebody like just to, you know one of your top coaches. That's what that's I, that's, yeah. that's what I'd like to you know if we could get into a someone like you, yeah, a Brian Noble or a, a Tony Smith or yeah. somebody like that, that I think that would make a really interesting guest. Yeah,
0: Tony Smith would be a great, great, great guest. Yeah,
1: I think any of the, the Smith brothers, to be honest, Rowan, Tony, yeah, yeah. Brian, Brian yeah. Smith was fantastic coach running. Yeah, anybody like that who's a Wayne Bennett, <laughs>
0: yeah, Wayne Bennett, would
1: be yeah, because you know those guys have. Come up with the original ideas and and and, and stuff like that, and they've they've helped sort of develop the sport, and they've got the 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 knowledge. So anybody like that I think could be a really interesting guest to have on.
0: Brilliant. Okay, so um, so this is it. We're we're launching. You know, we're, we're off now. So all podcasts, all episodes from here on in, will be either myself and Carl talking about a certain topic, or we'll have interesting guests. To, you know, with a particular theme to, to attack, um, I'm really excited about it and it's, you yeah. know, it's a great privilege and an opportunity. And um, where can people
1: find the podcast? Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> where, yeah, that's, where is it, it going to be?
0: Oh, no, no, we're not sharing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, there is there is a website, uh, rugbyleagueoutsiders.com, um, where every that'd be like the centralised hub. We're also going to upload the video podcast to YouTube, so you can just search on YouTube for Rugby League Outsiders we're all across all the socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, again, just, you know, search for, um, either RL outsiders or Rugby league outsiders. Um, I think one of the easiest ways, if you want to chat to us, you know, if you want to be part of the, uh, the conversation, uh, would be, would be Twitter, you know, so you just fire, fire tweets out there and, 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 but you can message us on any of the platforms. And then the audio version of all these podcasts will be, um, pumped out across Spotify, all your usual podcast players. So whatever you get your uh, podcast from, you know, have a searchers in there and please, you know, it might just be clicking the thumb, sharing, leaving a little review, five-star review, whatever. You might think that's nothing. That is huge for growing the podcast and it's huge for letting us know that we're on the right track and we're we're delivering interesting stuff and, you know, that you're getting value from. So to remember that, Anywhere else that we should have said? It's
1: about it, really, isn't it? I think I'll say everything. Everywhere, Go bay, basically. Every, everywhere every, we can. Every base, yeah. <laughs> Coming live to a stadium near you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you hear me now? <laughs> All right, mate. Well, uh, on to the next episode. Yeah, fantastic.
1: Thank you